Welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. And on this particular episode, which was recorded back on January 24th, I felt like I needed to reach out to a good friend of mine to join the show. Reached out to Emerald Marie Vickers. If you're not familiar with her work, she's a journalist, a model, an entrepreneur. She's got a skincare line. She's sitting courtside at the Sixers games. She'll probably be sitting courtside at the Lakers games when they start letting fans go back in. But either way, man, she does it all. We've had great talks in the past. We worked together on Real Fans Real Talk. And I felt it was only right to invite her through the Sanchez show to talk about all of her businesses that she has going on right now and also the transition. She's a New York girl living out in California. And I wanted to see how that, that changed her hustle and her mindset. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Be on the lookout for everything she's got going on. But with that being said, enjoy the interview. What's really good and welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Today, I know I've said this in the past, but today we have a very special guest with us. Emerald Marie It's a dear friend of mine. We've co-hosted together. We work together. And I'm just super excited to have this conversation with you because there's a lot of topics I want to get into. So, Em, how are you doing today? Hey, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. I miss you so much. You know, we've done so many things together um, I'm good, man. I'm enjoying this LA sun. Winter in LA, my first, my first one is crazy. Like it's hot. <laughs> well, that, that was going. That's where I was going to start the conversation with you. We work together, obviously. We both uh, New York representatives, but you moved out west. You know what I'm saying. So, how is that treating you right now as an East yeah. Coast girl moving to the West? Man, it's, it's crazy. It's, it was a dream of mine for a very long time. So I'm just happy that I was finally able to do it. Um, <clears throat> very weird time because of the pandemic. So, you know, it's not like what I imagined because, you know, I thought I was going to step straight into all these Hollywood endeavors and things I was trying to do in events. But it's been peaceful. It's been like a lot of growth for me to move during this time. It's not like a big social scene out here, but I've been enjoying the weather, literally taking in the sun and the breeze and just amazed by the mountains, the hikes in the morning. Um, the fact that on Sunday I was laying on the beach and it was like 92 and my mom was, you know, FaceTiming me and it's like starting to snow at home. It's kind of unreal that, you know, it's January and, and it's this hot, but LA has been cool. Um, trying to steer clear of all those People that were telling me, oh, out here, it's crazy. And people are never your friend with the industry. I just worry about myself. And I'm just trying to grow personally. So, I'm cool. I hear that. I mean, 92 degrees in January. That's a light flex. I see you throughout there. But um, as, as, <laughs> as someone who wears many hats, for people that don't know, obviously, you're an entrepreneur. You're a journalist, former collegiate athlete. I see mm -hmm. you wearing a Townsend sweater right now as we speak. How would you compare the New York hustle and yeah. bustle? How would you compare the hustle and bustle of New York to, to the calm nature of the West Coast? Yo, that's such a great question. And there's nothing like, there's nothing like the New York hustle. And I miss it. And I actually, it's crazy that you just asked me that because two days ago I was thinking and I was like, yo, Emerald, you've been really like chilling and soaking up the sun, you know? And everyone warned me that they said, when you move from the East Coast to the West Coast, don't lose that grind, don't lose that hustle. There is something about New York, the concrete jungle, that just, I don't know if it, it, if it was like rushing to catch the train and maneuvering in the city, you know, 
public transportation and just like the, I don't know, what did it, the busyness that made me just not stop and keep going, right? And there's sometimes out here, I feel like it does feel like you're on vacation mode. And be on vacation mode because it's so nice. You find yourself like on my days off in New York, it was like, okay, I'm off of work. It's too cold to be standing outside. So I need to get where I need to get. Out here, I literally, the other day I was off of work and I just found myself like I was going for a walk. I was sitting in my car, pulled up, sat outside. Like it's real calm. And I, I know I try to justify in my head, okay, I'm it's a pandemic. Things aren't open like that. You can't move, you can't maneuver the way. You would, but really it's so chill out here. Everyone's kind of like, chill, slow down, smoke some weed, have a drink, relax. Like it's, they're not, you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not hustling the way we were at home. And it, you, I feel it, you know? Do, so, do you, do you find that? like New York. Absolutely. I mean, New York obviously is home and when you're raised in that environment, as you mentioned, the, the hustle and bustle and the grind, your mindset is always going to be that way. Do you find it hard to get motivated out there? Um, I'm a little bit, a little bit because there are little distractions. Um, for me, this was a huge life change. I've never lived completely, completely on my own, whether it was roommate stuff or um, whether it was living with my family, renting here and there. This is like all me. And so, um, I don't know, it's hard to get motivated sometimes, but on the same token, a lot of, a lot of things out here inspire me. And so I think I'm getting motivated in other endeavors. Like acting is something that I used to say and speak about it at home, but now that I'm here in Hollywood, I'm seeing the studios every single day. I drive past the studios where um, Ellen and Warner Brothers, every day I drive past Warner Brothers, I see it. And you're seeing the billboards in real time. Like you're seeing the making of the movie in real time, you know? And so it's all around you. So at the same time, you know, unmotivated in some aspects, but also really inspired in other in other ways as well. And talk about, you know, I, I, you, you've transitioned a little bit. When I met you, you were doing modeling and you had just launched your, your skincare line. And now you're getting into clothing as well. Talk a little bit about that and the inspiration behind that. Yeah. So, man, over, over the last couple of years, I feel like my career has been just new, just new, new mountains, new doors every single time. And, um, I went from commercial and print modeling being a focus, you know, like you said, and then I got I got solely tired of that because I was going to so many auditions in New York City. And it was to the point where getting judged for your looks and for what you could bring to the table in that sense is really taxing on you emotionally. Uh, as I grew into my body too, and I got more curvy, curve modeling is a lane that. In New York, so let me break this down. Like in New York, it's more editorial. They like you to be very thin. It's a runway capital. It's high fashion. LA is commercial and print work. They don't care about size so much. They care about personality and a good picture and a good commercial, right? And so when I was in New York, you know, I went from that to, you know what, I graduated and I was like, you know, I really want to do something where I want to be in front of the camera, but I also want to be able to have a voice and actually speak. And, and think about something and study something. And that's why, you know, I made that transition into media. Um, so 
media has been, you know, super great. As you know, we've done shows together, podcasts together. Um, my viral moment changed a lot of things too in, in red carpets. Um, but I always, you know, the hustling in me wanted to make money um, a little bit in, in a different way. And so during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time reading up on influencers and how they were able to make the transition financially or how they, I'm sorry, how they use their platforms to make money. So I, I like was obsessing over it during the pandemic. I was like, how do these girls, like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Because a lot of them don't have nine to fives and my following was growing. So the boutique game, man, I booked, I read so much stuff about boutiques and um, I read so much stuff about boutiques. Hey. And I just started to learn, you know, the hustle of how to like buy stuff wholesale. So I, when I got here, I started going downtown to the fashion district. And yeah, I was so determined. Like I seen a video of this girl made $100,000 in one month. And I was just like, I need that, period. So I went down there and I really learned, um, I really understood the way Fashion Nova and Pretty Little Thing became a brand and what they did. And so I just, when I came out here every week, I was going to the fashion district. I was looking up, um, learning the business behind it. And I launched, you know, my clothing line. And I already had my skincare line, but that's even more difficult because you're making each and everything scratch. And it's harder to get girls to trust you with, hey, try my skincare. Where clothes, it's just either you like or you don't. And the profit margins are so, it's just, they're easy. Like, it's just so easy. Easier. And you talked about your viral moment, which is, is, is crazy because obviously we were working together at the time on a, on another outlet. Um, and shout out to Real Fans Real Talk. I'm, I don't want to make it seem like we don't want to shout them out. But we were working together on Real Fans Real Talk. You go viral. For people that don't know, it was a situation where you work in a red carpet and you know, they were trying to stop you from getting an interview with Holly Berry and she spoke up and, and made sure that you got your, your opportunity to interview her. But some, as someone who has gone viral and understanding what comes with that, the attention that comes with that, and now transitioning into clothing, how tough is it as, as a young woman to get people to take you serious from the standpoint of, look, I'm a businesswoman. I'm not trying to go viral for my looks. I'm not trying to go viral because you think I'm beautiful. I'm out here grinding. I'm out here making money moves. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of yeah. dudes who approach you and think, like, just because you're a pretty girl, like, I could just approach you on that and ain't got to respect the hustle. Yeah. It's, y'all, you're asking, like, questions that are so spot on. And I, and I just had conversations about this. So the viral moment was definitely dope. And it set the precedent to a lot of a lot of things in my career. At the same time, going viral is dope. But you don't want things to, like... I think my biggest thing is not letting a situation, a job or something define me, right? So even the viral moment, it was definitely helpful and I stand by, I love speaking up for women. Uh, but then it's like, okay, I do red carpets, but don't box me in or don't, don't, like if I step out and tomorrow decide to like make pillowcases, like that's just how I don't care, I'll, I'll do that. You know what I mean? So I think not being afraid to try something new has never been, I've never been afraid of that. Like picking up, whether you, even when I was younger, picking up a new sport or picking up something new, just not being afraid to try that. And so it is hard in the beginning though, to get respected when you do step into something new. People don't really, you know, support you or cheer for you until you're really, really good at something. And, and so it's like, if I say I want to be an actress tomorrow, today, 
which I do, I want to be actress, <laughs> uh, people may not support me until, you know, you get ask her, and then it's like, oh, she's dope, you know what I mean? So in the beginning of it, it's really hard, and that's why in that, at that stage, you really, really have to unequivocally believe in yourself. Um, but even just being a woman and, and trying to be respected, the social media aspect of it is tough. I have a love and hate relationship with it, uh, because in so many ways, it helps me. By the end of the day, it's an, it's, it's free marketing. That's the way that I see it. But it's also this entity that just breathes like asking for attention and asking for attention in a, in, in good, you know, asking for attention is not a bad thing because I can ask for attention for these girls buying my damn clothes and they buy it. You know what I mean? Or it can, you can get attention for other things. So just being really, really intentional, um, and, and it sucks that even as a woman, sometimes you have to think like, I took a picture the other day on the beach out here and I was going to post it. And I was like, dang, this might be a little like inappropriate. But in my head, I'm like, you're just in a bikini. Like, why are you thinking so hard about the way this is perceived? Because you want people to take you serious so bad that you try to censor yourself and be like, dang, like, I don't want to hurt my brand or myself. So it's just, it's, it's a little internal battle sometimes. I mean, I'm sure it is because... I can only imagine, obviously, I'm not, I'm not a woman, but I'm, you're being judged by everything you do, right? So yeah. you, you, you've you you've gone out on a limb despite your following at times. I mean, I, I applaud you, and we talked about this before, because at the beginning of the pandemic, you were front line. You out there, you know what I'm saying, holding rallies out in Long Island and letting people know that what was going on in the country at the time wasn't right. And it's still going on today. But as someone who was front line yeah. and and... What are your thoughts on, on our current vice president, Kamala Harris, and the represent, representation of what, what she brings to the table now for a lot of young women who want to be in a position of power and be leaders? You know, it's crazy. I, I was um, thinking about her yesterday and it didn't really hit me, right? It didn't hit me until I was driving to work yesterday and I was like, wow, she's really the first woman and woman of color. Like, I... I don't know when it happened, I was kind of like, this is major, but like, you just think about all the dead presidents and you think about all the, it was a meme online or a picture that it was like all these white faces that you just seen her. And it just was like, wow. Like, um, I think it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I, one of my college friends, um, Tori, Tori Smith and Chanel Smith, they posted a picture on their Instagram of their daughter um, waving their hand and Kamala Harris was in the background um, waving her hand, you know, holding up her hand rather during the inauguration. And that picture alone was just so powerful. I think about my niece, you know, who is is very impressionable, looks at other other Black women. And the representation is something that I, you know, I have preached and talked about for so long. And I almost feel like that I have an obligation and a duty to show other young Black women, like, you can do this. You can you can be intelligent. You can play, run sports, and you can do all these things and still like be multifaceted, be respected, still be sexy, still be this, still be that, right? So for me, like watching her has been has been wild, and I love that. You know, there's no like, you know how they want to pin a good scandal or or criticize certain things. I feel like she's gonna have a similar reputation that that the Obamas had, or Michelle, just her style, her grace, and her respect level, you know? So um, I'm just really happy that, that she won. 
there's been, and as you said, there's no scandals attached, which is a, a great thing, obviously. Um, we want we want her to be judged by her work and not what people assume of her or, or rumors that people might make up of her. But what are your thoughts on her as a black woman yeah. in America having a white husband? Like, do you feel if 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 it was the other way around, if it was if it was a, a black <laughs> male in in charge with a white wife, would it be viewed differently? Mm-hmm. Man, they I would. I see you uh, sip that wine before you answer that they question. Would cook. You're gonna make me say they're gonna cook, they will listen, child. They're gonna cook them up like uh what's the governor that um the Brianna Taylor uh man he got fried. They, uh, they Cameron, kinda yeah. hit a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, they fried his ass up. Nah, but I mean, you know, I have really I have really biased opinion about it's so hey, listen, we, we could talk about it. it. Ain't no right or wrong. Right? I think that like people are really critical sometimes when it's when it's black, black women with white men. But we see this shit with, with Nick. We see black men with, with white women all the time and all the time. And I I think because it's less like like I don't see it as often. I actually I do I do celebrate it. You know, I think that she loves who she loves. It's none of my business. You know, I don't I prefer a nice little chocolate thing, but you know, that's me. Now, I do think that she's probably gonna experience some racial, you know, um, just some hard comments and things, but she seems so tough. I feel like she, they're gonna inspect that, you know, because they're gonna find something. Just like they call Michelle all types of ape and monkey and all types of stuff, or they wanna say, oh, Obama's really half white. Of course, her having a white husband is gonna be a topic. You're gonna have um, black people try to dim down her uh, race. They're saying she's not fully. This is not a black love situation. This isn't a black unit. Uh, that I'm not so much worried about. You know, I, I think it, it, it. She's gonna deal with those type of comments. Um, but the reality of it is, you know, she came from Jamaican and Indian parents, and she's a black woman that she identifies as such. And I think, you know, that's her husband. It is what it is. And I don't. I just think that she's going to definitely go through some things with that being the case. Um, some ignorant, ignorant situations, but I feel like it's, she's going to shake it. Like she's not, she seems so tough. Like she seems like a tough cookie. Oh, she definitely does. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I like that. I, I, I love a strong woman, but do you, do you feel there'll be any backlash from the black community? Cause like, again, like I said, if, if the roles were reversed, uh, you know how I think, black I think, coming at, I think at, at a man. Because what I find is when, when when a black woman is with a white man, a lot of black women are like, yes, sis, get you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, go ahead. Like, But a lot of black men, they're, oh, this is hypocritical and she's not really, you know, and some people do go very, very hard with the black love and black unity situation that I do think that it will be... Um, Again, I already heard comments. I already heard comments already, though, that people were saying. I seen a meme that was like, two little biracial kids made it." Talking about Michelle, talking about Obama and her. People were trying to already like denounce their blackness by saying, "Oh, but they're light brights and they're this and just ignorant, ignorant shit." But you know, sorry, she's already experiencing that. 
Yeah, I mean, we we know how that that works out, no matter what. I mean, it, she she's never gonna be in the right to some people. It's always gonna be an issue. They always find something to pick at with her. Yeah, but even like not to stray too too far off, but like Danny 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 Lay, Danny uh, the singer with the baby. Yeah, she came out. Mm-hmm. All right, did you see the whole yellow bone situation yesterday? I, I saw she was trending for for a caption she put up when she was like sampling some music. Did you, did you understand what happened though? The gist of that whole situation though? Nah, but I, I found it ironic because I mean, is it? I believe she isn't she Dominican though. Yeah. So the thing about it, and the reason I brought it up, right, is because I do think that the whole. So for one, she made a song called like he he wants to he prefers he likes the yellow bone or some shit, and I think the thing is that. Even with colorism, you know, I, and I remember this happened with Obama, right? When he came, not to make a freaking correlation between Danny and Obama, but when he first came about and was really killing it, I feel like people were saying, oh, well, his mom or his grandma's white or he's light skinned. Like people tried to, the black, even the black community tried to like almost lessen his blackness. Um, but with her, it was a whole thing about her. Um, just celebrating being in Yellowbone and just the history of like darker skinned people and darker skinned women dealing with like colorism. A lot of people did not like it and did not like did not like the correlation. And it was on the breakfast club this morning. Charlamagne was like, I'm confused by black people mad. And Angelique was just saying like, you know, it's because colorism has been a deeply rooted, deep rooted thing. But I do find that a lot of light skinned black people do face some type of, um, I don't want to say people make fun of them. No, so I was definitely just saying that colorism is something that it still plagues the black community, you know? So regardless, I think people are going to try to find ways to, um, you know, invalidate her and her culture, even the mixture that she has being Jamaican and Indian and um, being light, like, you know, fair skinned, um, and being married to a white man, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, none of those things should matter. And I think she may get, you know, ridiculed a little bit harsh, harsher. I think black men, we have, we have a lot of black leaders that are married to white women. And, um, you know, I've already always felt kind of mixed feelings about it. Cause one, one token, I'm like, you know, it is what it is. That's what they like. But at the same time, for the purpose of, of representation, it is important, you know, for the for Black unity to be displayed. Um, and that's why I loved Michelle and Barack so much. I think his legacy would have, wouldn't have been as, I think, powerful if Michelle was a white woman. You know, I think they look how much they meant to us because of them being a, a strong Black couple, you know, so... But I said to say that doesn't take away from, you know, her, her success, but it will be something I think brought up. It will be something that is said and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm always conflicted on that. And and I get your point on, on Barack and Michelle. To me, it's like, you know, you love who you love or, you know, you like what you like. So I don't think that takes away from your morals or, or what you stand for. You, you can still be, yeah. you know, pro-Black, but love someone of a different race. Of course. So, I think you know. just when you're, when you're, when you're, 
iconic and you represent so much. That's why it, you get held to a different like standard and what you represent gets just, you're just put on the spotlight. You know what I mean? So I think that she's just so tough though. And they have a good unit. Um, that I don't think that shit's going to shake her. She's not going to pay no mind to it. And she already knows what to expect. I mean, this is the first woman and woman of color, not even just woman of color. This is the first woman. So, um, but either way, I think that it's it's dope, and I think it's uh, super impactful. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think what I think what she represents is amazing. And um, you know, as you said, to me, as long as it's a scandal-free campaign and 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 presidency, and and in her case, as the vice president then I'm all for it. You know, I, I just, we know what's coming around the corner. We know that at some point they're going to try to dig up some dirt. They're going to try to smear her name at some point. And it, and it's more so yep. because of, of, of the position she holds and, and what she represents. She is the, the, that right. she is the transition into a new generation. So yeah. we know, we and know I mean, what people are fearful know, of. Yeah. I, and again, I just think that it's incredible. You know, my you know my grandfather passed away last week, and he um, he and I had a lot of conversations. I have a video recorded where I was asking him. You know, he used to talk about the Korean War a lot, and being when he came back from fighting for this country, he came back and he and it was very difficult for him to receive a job. And he said he remembers fighting for the country, getting off a bus, and returning home and not being able to use the same uh, bathroom that his soldier, his white counterparts used. And so to go from that to seeing Michelle Barack and then, you know, Kamala Harris, I remember I asked him, I said, how does that make you feel? Like, you're, I mean, you literally lived in both eras of seeing that. He just, he, I have it on video, him saying he's just, it's just, it's incredible. Like, I don't even know how to put it into words, you know? And so that's how much she means to to us right now. And, and especially for young women to see someone in office at that high level, like, it's just a game changer. It's just wild. And when I was watching the inauguration, I was just so blown away. I mean, there was a picture of her or, or a, a scene of, like, her and Michelle just embracing each other. And it, it's, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, you know me, Absolutely. I'm pro-women, pro-Black women. So I'm hyped. As you should be, as you should be. And then, you know, my condolences about your grandfather. I know we spoke off air, but again, um, but I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to lighten the mood. But it, Go ahead. I'll let you finish that point. Go ahead. I say though, we not going to sit here and act like January 6th, my effers weren't walling in the goddamn Capitol though. Like, no, no, call, call, them, call them what they were. <laughs> but, those, those thugs, those criminals, those terrorists. Those, I mean, yeah, yeah, then definitely domestic terrorists, definitely thugs, walling. And the wild part, as I sit here and wear my Towson shirt, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it. And, you know, when I was on Towson, there was like, there was like a gentleman by the name of Matthew Heinberg who wanted to create a white student union on our campus. And he wanted the white student union to walk around armed. And it was a whole debate because he said, why is there a black student union, not a white student union? And his, he was spewing a lot of hate. As I sat there and watched that Capitol Hill shit, and I turned on TV, and I seen Matthew Heinberg standing right there in that fucking office. 
That's I went to college with him. And I was like, this motherfucker just didn't stop. <laughs> and I seen him. So right next to the guy with the horns, he's standing right next to him. And I'm like, yo, he's been talking this shit for years. So I was really just, you know, happy to start seeing them charging them. But, you know, what a, what a time to have her step into office and all this happen after after what just occurred on the 6th. You know, and I was I was kind of worried or nervous for what, what the inauguration was going to look like. And I think that they were as well because of the safety aspect of it and it turned out you know amazing but still I, I, i'm still in i don't want to say i'm in shock i'm just like what happened like that whole situation wild yeah They're i mean animals it, thugs yeah criminals. yeah those 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 thugs you know um it, it, it was a wild day in american history i thought at the inauguration that the mm-hmm. two most powerful um moments of the whole inauguration uh were not only VP Harris being sworn in, um, and and her name slips me now. I had it written down. Uh, the young poet who who um, read off a, a a beautiful poem, and I, I thought those were two of the most, yeah those those were two of the most powerful moments for me because as as a girl dad myself for my daughter to be sitting there watching this whole situation go down, it was one of those like I, I'll never yeah. forget that moment. I'll put it that way. I'll never forget that moment of her looking at the screen watching the poem that's being read wow. and, and the VP being sworn in. But I, I want to lighten the mood up. I don't want to keep talking about them thugs and them criminals. I don't want to talk about that. I see you got your, your glass of wine. And I know that when you were living in New York, your DMs was looking like the Dead Poet Society. It was a lot of, a lot of poets in your DMs when you were in New York. What is it looking like now that you're on the West Coast? Oh, man. Because- you, said, you said what? What's the question? No, no, your DMs used to look like the Dead Poet Society when 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 you were in New York. And and I know I know the male listeners would kill me if I didn't at least ask you, what are your DMs looking like now in California? Because I know dudes is going crazy for you right now. Honestly, uh I think being out here and the fact that you could go to the beach all year and I'm posting bikini pictures when they toasty in the crib, it's been kind of like I've gotten a lot of uh, yeah, I'm looking at a flight right now. And I'm like, we didn't hang out at home. Why would you fly and stay with me? You know, people who ask, or I'm going to be in LA at this time. I'm like, okay, have fun. Like, what? Like, yeah, no, it's a, it's been weird too. I think the pandemic has increased the, the creep squads out here. But uh, I think it's, it's harder to meet people. So, People are reverting to sliding the DMs a little heavier. And also, I'm wearing a little less clothes out here because it's hot and I post everything. And I got moved into a new place by myself. And so, yeah, it's been um, interesting. Well, it's but the combination. A lot of these men are, are demons. It's the combination mm-hmm. of the thirst traps along with the, the flight, the airlines now giving out flights for dirt cheap. Uh, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know. They trying to come nah, out there. Listen, they trying to I see re- what LA is re- like. I re- yeah, and it and and also I think anytime you anytime you make a, a major elevation in your life, right? People come out of nowhere. You can buy a new car. You can buy a new watch. Get your hair done. Whatever. Anytime you elevate, people want to be a part of that. People have that feeling of like, even like that fear of missing out on like your progress. I've gotten a lot of, in particular, men that I went to college with who did not pay me any money in college or were like 
Pay me mind, but we're playing or like weird shit that now they're coming at you heavy. Like they want, they want wife and they want to marry you and have some fucking kids. And I'm like, where does energy come from? You didn't even like, yeah. And so it's weird, but I'm in such a like space of, this is like a super new beginning for me and like living my own. I've been enjoying the space. Like I made my apartment as girly as I want it to be is my space. And then also just, um, just pursuing what I'm pursuing. It's hard dating. Um, and then you got like, you know, out here in LA, when they tell you that motherfuckers be trying to just move in with you and chill, it's really like that. It's really weird. Like dating so, out here is weird. So dudes is looking to go from the first date to moving in like that? Yo, people in LA really be dating just to survive together. Seriously. I'm dead ass. Have you ever heard that? Yo, there's this, there's this thing online that says, in LA, LA is the only place where you look at a girl and you'll think that she's out of your league until you find out she's homeless. That shit is real. Some of your favorite bitches twerking online, y'all listening, have five bitches to one room and they're sharing fucking draws. Sorry to burst your bubble. Not the draws. They that's sharing how, that's draws out there? They toothbrush, something. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's different out here, you know, because people want to pursue what they're pursuing. It, and people also want to keep up with the Joneses. And one thing I can say about me moving out here is, like, I just didn't want to conform to that type of mindset of wanting to, like, show out like that. And if I if I don't have it. And when I first got here, everyone was telling me LA is so expensive. So I was being really, you know, cautious on spending money. And even something as simple as, like, when, when it, everything was open, I met girls out here that every day they were inviting me to brunch. And out here, like, brunch in L.A. is such a vibe. You know, you do bottomless mimosas. It's just it's such a, it's such a culture. And I was like, and also going hiking and getting smoothies. Like, this, for some reason, these two things are just like, these are what these girls do. They take their picture and they this is what they do. And I was kind of like, listen, I'm not going to brunch every day. And I cook a lot and I buy food. So it was to the point where I would go hiking and I would be like, yo, y'all can just come to my house and I'll make smoothies. Cause I'm not paying 10 to $15 a smoothie. And I'm not going to brunch and doing this every other day. So, you know, as long as you just don't try to keep up and do shit like that, you'll be fine. Like, So, so just so that we're clear, you're an entrepreneur, a model, a journalist, and you're also feeding the homeless Instagram models that are running around throughout Hollywood. Man, listen. No, I'm just, I'm just, man, driving past them trying to <laughs> get a shout out. <laughs> I hear no, that. I hear that. One thing I can say, like, on some real shit, though, that is inspiring out here. I came out here and I met a lot of like minded people. When I was in New York and I was working and I was being creative on the side, you start to feel like there's only few people who do that. Like, they're in, you're, you're going to work every day, but you want to act, model, do other things. Out here, people talk about it being oversaturated, but it's almost amazing because I'm like, wow, I don't feel like the only one like who's crazy enough to think that they can become this. Because a lot of people out here, maybe everyone I think they can become it, but at least it's in that you're you're walking around in the atmosphere of creativity and of ambition and of the sky's the limit. And the, the difference is, I'm a good friend of mine always says, like in New York, 
they'll tell you, you ain't shit, you ain't finna make it out here. They're like, we all can make it. Like that's their, so it's kind of like a balance. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's it's been it's been cool to have a lot of like finding you know folks and it inspires me. So it's been a vibe. Nah, that's that's great to hear, and I'm happy everything's going well out there. And before we wrap up, though, let the people know what you got going on, and let them know where they can not only find your your, your clothing, uh, but your social media handles as well. Yeah, so my Instagram is Emma Marie. That's where you can mostly find me. You know, out there and acting up and everything. And um, my clothing boutique is Shop Emerald Marie. My skincare line is Shop Raw Beauty. Um, recently, I just filmed an episode of No Filter on Michael Blackson's podcast. Real dope experience. Huge shout out to Michael Blackson. Um, acting right now is, is my next endeavor, trying to find a new acting coach out here. And also, I am seriously on a hunt of trying to get signed to a commercial and print modeling agency. So on Tuesday, I'm going to be definitely out here, um, you know, doing my curve modeling stuff. And, oh, wow. I don't know how I forgot to not even make this a important part of the conversation. So um, February 1st, I'm launching a lingerie brand um, with Brittany B. Brit- the, the lovely, the amazing Grammy nominated singer songwriter, Brittany B music. Um, she's currently on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. So Brittany and I, uh, we're working really, really hard on this on this boutique. Um, it's going to be a limited collection lingerie, and uh, it's it's real dope. And our pieces are bomb. We're launching it February first, and so we're going to do the shoot on Tuesday. So definitely, it's called Just Be Lingerie. The Just Be part is the B is for Brittany, the E is for Emerald. So it's you know just about just being bold, being sexy, being all those things. Um, so definitely, you know, stay tuned for that as well. As always, you one of the hardest working women in the game. Thank you, Eric. And I just want to say thank you. And, and I've been watching you during the pandemic, just like continuously pushing out content and rebranding and being consistent with this podcast, with shooting shit with everything. So I'm super proud of you. I know I haven't seen you in, in months, but I definitely miss you and all the guys and, I'm happy that you're doing this. I'm happy that this is this is your your thing because you you already know I, I root for you so much, and I think that you have a you know a special eye and and way of speaking and way of researching. So I'm really proud of you and all of this. Now nah, I appreciate that for sure, and and you know I look forward to working with you again because we got some more stuff in the future that we're gonna get into. We just getting started, baby Absolutely. boy. Okay, you already know, and I appreciate you. <laughs>
No, so I was definitely just saying that colorism is something that it still plagues the black community, you know? So regardless, I think people are going to try to find ways to, um, you know, invalidate her and her culture, even the mixture that she has being Jamaican and Indian and um, being light, like, you know, fair skinned um, and being married to a white man, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, none of those things should matter. And I think she may get, you know, ridiculed a little bit harsh, harsher. I think black men, we have, we have a lot of black leaders that are married to white women. And, um, you know, I've already always felt kind of mixed feelings about it. Cause one, one token, I'm like, you know, it is what it is. That's what they like. But at the same time, for the purpose of, of representation, it is important, you know, for the, for black unity to be displayed. Um, and that's why I loved Michelle and Barack so much. I think his legacy would have, wouldn't have been as, I think, powerful if Michelle was a white woman. You know, I think they look how much they meant to us because of them being a, a strong black couple, you know? So, but I said to say that doesn't take away from, you know, her, her success, but it will be something I think brought up. It will be something that is said and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm always conflicted on that. And, and I get your point on, on Barack and Michelle. To me, it's like, you know, you love who you love or, you know, you like what you like. So I don't think that takes away from your morals or, or what you stand for. You you can still be, yeah. you know, pro-black, but love someone of a different race. Of course. So, I think know. just when you're you when you're a, when you're iconic and you represent so much, that's why it, you get held to a different like standard, and what you represent gets just you're just put on the spotlight. You know what I mean? So, I think that she's just so tough though, and they have a good unit. Um, that I don't think that shit's gonna shake her. She's not gonna pay no mind to it, and she already knows what to expect. I mean, this is the first woman. And woman of color, not even just woman of color. This is the first woman. So, um, but either way, I think that it's it's dope, and I think it's uh, super impactful. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think what I think what she represents is amazing. And um, you know, as you said, to me, as long as it's a scandal-free campaign and 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 presidency, and and in her case, as the vice president then I'm all for it. You know, I, I just, we know what's coming around the corner. We know that at some point they're going to try to dig up some dirt. They're going to try to smear her name at some point. And it, and it's more so yep. because of, of, of the position she holds and, and what she represents. She is the, the, that right. she is the transition into a new generation. So yeah. we know, we and know I mean, what people are fearful know, of. Yeah. I, and again, I just think that it's incredible. You know, my you know my grandfather passed away last week, and he um, he and I had a lot of conversations. I have a video recorded where I was asking him. You know, he used to talk about the Korean War a lot, and being when he came back from fighting for this country, he came back and he and it was very difficult for him to receive a job. And he said he remembers fighting for the country, getting off a bus, and returning home and not being able to use the same uh, bathroom that his soldier, his white counterparts used. 
And so to go from that to seeing Michelle Barack and then, you know, Kamala Harris, I remember I asked him, I said, how does that make you feel? Like you're, I mean, you literally lived in both eras of seeing that. He just, he, I have it on video of him saying, he's just, it's just, it's incredible. I don't even know how to put it into words, you know? And so that's how much she means to, to us right now. And, and especially for young women to see someone in office at that high level, like, it's just a game changer. It's just wild. And when I was watching the inauguration, I was just so blown away. I mean, there was a picture of her or, or a, a scene of like her and Michelle just embracing each other. And it, it's, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, you know me, I'm pro women, pro black women. So I'm hyped. As you should be, as you should be. And then, you know, my condolences about your grandfather. I know we spoke off air, but again, um, but I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to lighten the mood. Go ahead. I'll let you finish that point. Go ahead. I say though, we not going to sit here and act like January 6th, my F is weren't walling in the goddamn Capitol though. Like, no, no, call, call, them, call them what they were. <laughs> those thugs, those criminals, those terrorists. Those, I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely domestic terrorists, definitely thugs, walling. And the wild part, as I sit here and wear my Towson shirt, <laughs> I'm sitting there watching it. And, you know, when I was on Towson, there was, a, there was a, a gentleman by the name of Matthew Heinberg who wanted to create a white student union on our campus. And he wanted the white student union to walk around armed. And it was a whole debate because he said, why is there a black student union, not a white student union? And his, he was spewing a lot of hate. As I sat there and watched that Capitol Hill shit, and I turned on TV and I seen Matthew Heinberg standing right there in that fucking office. That's, I went to college with him. And I was like, this motherfucker just didn't stop. <laughs> and I seen him. So right next to the guy with the horns, he's standing right next to him. And I'm like, yo, he's been talking this shit for years. So I was really just, you know, happy to start seeing them charging them. But, you know, what a, what a time to have her step into office and all of this happen after after what just occurred on the 6th. You know, and I was I was kind of worried or nervous for what what the inauguration was going to look like. And I think that they were as well because of the safety aspect of it. And it turned out, you know, amazing. But still, I, I'm still in I don't want to say I'm in shock. I'm just like. What happened? Like that whole situation, wild. Yeah, They're I mean, animals, it, thugs. Yeah, criminals. yeah. Those, those, those thugs. You know, um, it, it, it was a wild day in American history. I thought at the inauguration that the mm -hmm. two most powerful um, moments of the whole inauguration uh, were not only VP Harris being sworn in, um, and and her name slips me now. I had it written down. Uh, the young poet who who um, read off a. a a beautiful poem, and I, I thought those were two of the most, yeah those those were two of the most powerful moments for me because as as a girl dad myself for my daughter to be sitting there watching this whole situation go down it was one of those like I, I'll never yeah. forget that moment I'll put it that way I'll never forget that moment of her looking at the screen watching the poem that's being read wow. and, and the VP being sworn in but I, I want to lighten the mood up I don't want to keep talking about them thugs and them criminals I don't want to I don't want to talk about that I see you got your your glass of wine. And I know that when you were living in New York, your DMs was looking like the Dead Poet Society. It was a lot of a lot of poets in your DMs when you were in New York. What is it looking like now that you're on the West Coast? Oh man, because... you said you said what? What's the question? No, no, your DMs used to look like the Dead Poet Society 
when 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 you were in New York. Right. And and I know I know the male listeners would kill me if I didn't at least ask you, what are your DMs looking like now in California? Because I know dudes is going crazy for you right now. Honestly, uh, I think being out here and the fact that you could go to the beach all year and I've been posting bikini pictures when they toasty in the crib, it's been kind of like, I've gotten a lot of, uh, yeah, I'm looking at a flight right now. And I'm like, we didn't hang out at home. Why would you fly and stay with me? You know, people <laughs> ask, or I'm going to be in LA at this time. I'm like, okay, have fun. Like what? Like, yeah, no, it's a, it's been weird too. I think the pandemic has increased the, the creep squads out here, but uh, I think it's it's harder to meet people. So people are reverting to sliding the DMs a little heavier. And also I'm wearing a little less clothes out here cause it's hot and I post everything. And I got moved into a new place by myself. And so, yeah, it's been um interesting. Well, it's but the combination. It's the combination mm-hmm. of the thirst traps along with the, the flight, the airlines now, giving out flights for dirt cheap uh, right yeah so mm-hmm. you know they trying to come nah, out there they trying to see I what re- la is I re- like I re- yeah and it and and also i think anytime you anytime you make a, a major elevation in your life right people come out of nowhere you can buy a new car you can buy a new watch get your hair done whatever anytime you elevate people want to be a part of that people have that feeling of like even like that fear of missing out on like your progress. I've gotten a lot of, in particular, men that I went to college with who did not pay me any mind in college or were like, paid me mind, but were playing or like weird shit that now they're coming at you heavy. Like they want, they want wife and they want to marry you and have some fucking kids. And I'm like, where does energy come from? You didn't even like, yeah, and it's, so it's weird, but I'm in such a, like, space of, this is, like, a super new beginning for me, and, like, living my own, I've been enjoying the space, like, I made my apartment as girly as I want it to be, is my space, and then also just, um, just pursuing what I'm pursuing, it's hard dating, um, and then you got, like, you know, out here in LA, when they tell you that motherfuckers be trying to just move in with you, and chill, it's really like that. It's really weird. Like dating so, out here is weird. So dudes is looking to go from the first date to moving in like that. Yo, people in LA really be dating just to survive together. Seriously, I'm dead ass. Have you ever heard that? Yo, there's this there's this thing online that says in LA, LA is the only place where you look at a girl and you think that she's out of your league until you find out she's homeless. That shit is real. Some of your favorite bitches twerking online, y'all listening, have five bitches to one room and they're sharing fucking draws. Sorry to burst your bubble. Not the draws. They that's sharing how, that's draws how out there? They toothbrush, something. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's different out here, you know, because people want to pursue what they're pursuing it. And people also want to keep up with the Joneses. And one thing I can say about me moving out here is like, I just didn't want to conform to that type of mindset of wanting to like show out like that. And if I, if I don't have it, and when I first got here, everyone was telling me LA is so expensive. So I was being really, you know, cautious on spending money and even something as simple as like when, when everything was open, 
I met girls out here that every day they were inviting me to brunch. And out here, like brunch in LA is such a vibe. You know, you do bottomless mimosas. It's just, it's such a, it's such a culture. And I was like, and also going hiking and getting smoothies. Like this, for some reason, these two things are just like, these are what these girls do. They take their picture and they, this is what they do. And I was kind of like, listen, I'm not going to brunch every day. And I cook a lot and I buy food. So it was to the point where I would go hiking and I would be like, yo, y'all can just come to my house and I'll make smoothies. Cause I'm not paying 10 to $15 a smoothie and I'm not going to brunch and doing this every other day. So, you know, as long as you just don't try to keep up and do shit like that, you'll be fine. Like, so, so just so that we're clear, you're an entrepreneur, a model, a journalist, and you're also feeding the homeless Instagram models that are running around throughout Hollywood. Man, listen, no, I'm just, I'm just, man, driving past them, trying to <laughs> get a shout out. <laughs> I hear no, that. I hear that. One thing I can say, like, on some real shit though, that is inspiring out here. I came out here and I met a lot of like-minded people. When I was in New York and I was working and I was being creative on the side, you start to feel like there's only few people who do that. Like, they're in, you're you're going to work every day, but you want to act, model, do other things. Out here, people talk about it being oversaturated, but it's almost amazing because I'm like, wow, I don't feel like the only one Like, who's crazy enough to think that they can become this. Because a lot of people out here, maybe everyone I think they can become it, but at least it's in that you're, you're walking around in the atmosphere of creativity and of ambition and of the sky's the limit. And the, the difference is I'm a good friend of mine always says like in New York, they'll tell you, you ain't shit. You ain't finna make it out here. They're like, we all can make it. Like that's their, so it's kind of like a balance. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's, it's been, it's been cool to have a lot of like finding, you know, folks and it inspires me. So it's been a vibe. Now that's that's great to hear, and I'm happy everything's going well out there. And before we wrap up, though, let the people know what you got going on, and let them know where they can not only find your your, your clothing, uh, but your social media handles as well. Yeah, so my Instagram is Emma Marie. That's where you can mostly find me, you know, out there and acting up and everything. And um, my clothing boutique is Shop Emerald Marie. My skincare line is Shop Raw Beauty. Um, recently I just filmed an episode of No Filter or Michael Blackson's podcast. Real dope experience. Huge shout out to Michael Blackson. Um, acting right now is, is my next endeavor, trying to find a new acting coach out here. And also I am seriously on a hunt of trying to get signed to a commercial imprint modeling agency. So on Tuesday, I'm going to be definitely out here, um, you know, doing my curve modeling stuff. And, oh, wow, I don't know how I forgot to not even make this an important part of the conversation. So um, February 1st, I'm launching a lingerie brand um, with Brittany B. Brittany, the lovely, the amazing Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter, Brittany B. Music. Um, she's currently on Love & Hip Hop Hollywood. So Brittany and I... Uh, we're working really, really hard on this on this boutique. Um, it's going to be a limited collection lingerie, and uh, it's it's real dope. And our pieces are bomb. We're launching it February first, and so we're going to do the shoot on Tuesday. So definitely, it's called Just Be Lingerie. The Just Be part is the B is for Britney, the E is for Emerald. So it's you know just about just being bold, being sexy, being all those things. 
Um, so definitely, you know, stay tuned for that as well. As always, you're one of the hardest working women in the game. Thank you, Eric. And I just want to say thank you. And, and I've been watching you during the pandemic, just like continuously pushing out content and rebranding and being consistent with this podcast, with shooting the shit with everything. So I'm super proud of you. I know I haven't seen you in, in months, but I definitely miss you and all the guys. And I'm happy that you're doing this. I'm happy that this is this is your your thing because you, you already know I, I root for you so much. And I think that you have a, you know, a special eye and, and way of speaking and way of researching. So I'm really proud of you and all of this. Now, I appreciate that for sure. And, and you know, I look forward to working with you again because we got some more stuff in the future that we're going to get into. We just getting started. Absolutely. Okay. You already know. Emma, I appreciate you. (laughs) Love you. Bye.